You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Hello there, and welcome to Dad in the Trenches. This is Aaron, and I am glad that you are here today, whether you are a longtime listener or this is your first time to the podcast. Uh, welcome regardless. I'm really excited about today's guest. I um, actually interviewed him earlier in the year, uh, more towards the outset of all the pandemic craziness that was going on, uh, very much still applicable today in regards to some of the conversations we have uh, regarding that. But more than anything, today's guest is going to get us to the heart of the matter, which is life with God. Um, of all the guests that I've had so far, none has probably talked about, written about uh, more extensively than life with God, walking with God, and our heart in relation to relationship with God. This is a critical and important aspect of our life with God, and I really hope that you are equipped, you're encouraged, you're challenged even by this conversation, because this is uh, the things that we talk about today, uh, you don't always hear in your local church. It is not always something that's a, a prominent topic of discussion. And uh, But honestly, I, I can't think of many more critical topics than how we relate to God, how we live life with God, and how we hear Him. So, we're just going to jump right into it. Thanks for tuning in today, and God bless. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. My guest is none other than John Eldridge. Uh, John, thank you so much for taking the time out here to join us on Dad in the Trenches. Oh, yeah, it's my, it's my privilege, Aaron. Great to chat with you today. I feel like you don't need much introduction. Uh, so many of us have read your books. You've shared so much of your life with us. But, um, you know, take a minute and just introduce yourself. Tell us something, you know, you're present, presently doing, season of life anything that um, um, <laughs> anything that we we should know about you uh, that we maybe don't already or something you want to share with us yeah well like everybody else I'm stuck at home so <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we all share that in common but um, season of life uh, raised three sons talk mm. a lot about that in wild at heart but they're yeah. now young men starting their own families and uh, been a therapist for 30 years, um, just helping men and women get their hearts back and find God and mm -hmm. find restoration. And uh, we have a shop here in, in uh, Colorado Springs called Ransomed Heart, and we do films and podcasts and events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That's great. And, you know, this, of course, this is a podcast for dads, those of us in the trenches of life, you know, tell us maybe 
um, a story or two of just as you think back of being in the trenches yourself, learning to be a dad, balancing work, all those things, you know, share with us maybe something difficult you had to overcome or two or three things you've learned as a father through all that. Well, the fun thing too, Aaron, is <clears throat> my sons are young dads now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm back in it. Uh, but as, as a counselor and mentor, and I see it again, and it, it reminds me of the early days. And I, I just remember, um, you got to lighten up. <laughs> you got, you, you got to lighten up. I was, I was a pretty hard charging guy. And, you know, when you're in your late twenties, early thirties, you're trying to, you're trying to get things going. You're trying to build a career and you got a young marriage and you got a young family if you have kids. And, and, um, I just remember pushing hard and, and mm -hmm. I think, you know, that, um, I tell some of these stories in my books, but I had some anger issues uh. as a young, as a young dad. And some of that anger came out against my sons. I'm sorry mm. to say. And I think what it was, was the pressure, the pressure that young dads feel, any dad feels, I mean, you, you know, <clears throat> teenagers or, or adult children, as well as young dads, like, mm -hmm. there's just this pressure to be amazing. There's this pressure to have the answer. Mm -hmm. This pressure to kind of, if you can get your kids to behave, it feels like life is going to go smoother. <laughs> right. Um, but that, that's a really bad motive, actually. I, I, if I could rewind the clock, I think I'd just reassure myself, you're going to be, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like things really do work out. And, and the, the more you can take the pressure off, of yourself yeah. the more you actually take it off your family yeah. yeah that's good good reminder especially during these challenging times for sure yeah for sure because we're all cooped up you know <laughs> and there's so much uncertainty um i i think one of the great great pieces of uh that god gave us was play uh -huh. like being a playful dad, playing yeah. with your kids, kind of cracking them up, keeping things playful. Uh -huh. And, and like, especially when we're all at home, uh, like let them, let them loose, like play basketball in the house. Like, yeah. you know, uh, figure out ways to make this a playful time. Uh, and it'll, it'll really bring the stress down. Yeah. That's that's a good word. Have you been talking to my wife? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but I, I lost my uh, job. So, um, you know, working through the what's next and, you know, working here at home and, you know, looking to start a business and do some of those kind of things. And, um, you know, I, I re really resonate with you saying, you know, in my 20s 30s you know now my 40s but you know hard charging you know trying to get things done and it's like you know I go through my day here at home and it's like my wife's my wife says well you know when were you going to play with the children again you know and it's like oh Jesus <laughs> I am yep. so so task focused and so driven so that's those are great words you've got a new book out um, and I want to, before we even get to that, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, one book that's been, 
um, really impactful for just my walk in life with Jesus that you wrote. Um, it's called Walking with God. And um, listeners, maybe you know I've mentioned this one before, I've seen it on our resources tab, but you literally like write and open up, you know, your your life with Jesus, almost like we're we're getting to read some of your journal and some of your thoughts. And um, you know, this was uh one that is just like there's so much gold in it because like we get to just peer over your shoulder in your quiet times. You know, would you talk with us maybe just a little bit about, you know, your own walk with God, talking, you know, big picture about how we're just meant to have an intimate connection with God and what that means. Yeah, probably the biggest thing, Aaron, that changed my life <clears throat> years into my my Christian life and was learning um, listening prayer, learning to hear the voice of God, inviting him into the details of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd have a quiet time in the morning. I'd, I'd go to church on Sundays. You know, we would do the normal things, but yeah. I was just craving intimacy. And, and my soul was craving it, but also my life was yelling for it. Because the, the thing about life is you just can't memorize enough principles that apply to every situation. And that's like super true in parenting, but every child's different. Their schooling needs are different. Every marriage is different. And so um, it was really in my thirties that we just began to need to hear from God. Father, what are you saying? You know, like, Mm. you know, simple stuff. My parents want to come this summer. But when they come, it's a real mess. Like, do we say yes? Do we say no? How do we navigate that? Like asking mm. questions like that and, mm-hmm. and not, just not wanting to fly by the seat of my pants anymore. <laughs> um, and so I began to cultivate the practice of hearing the voice of God, which um, I hadn't been told was available. It wasn't part. I, when I first came to Christ as a, uh, 18, 19 years old. I went to a great, great church, Bible teaching, love the word of God. And mm-hmm. I am so grateful for those people. But it wasn't part of the culture in that church um, to practice listening prayer, mm-hmm. to listen for the voice of God. And and so as I began to discover this, I started reading through the scriptures with kind of these lenses on. And I felt like I felt like a man discovering the Bible. I, it's everywhere. Mm. Moses talks with God. Abraham talks with God. You know, Jonah talks with God. Gideon talks with God. David talks with God a bunch. And, and then you get into the New Testament. And, you know, Jesus obviously is talking with, with his disciples. But then Paul talks with God. John talks with God. You know, it's, it's everywhere. And yeah. and. I began to see the invitation was always to intimacy, you know, all the way back in the garden uh, in Genesis, you know, the, God and Adam and Eve, they talked, they walked together in the garden in the cool of the day. And so this, this was the big turning point. I've had a couple like, I would call like other conversions, you know, there was my conversion and then there were like, subsequent conversions and Uh, this was this was one of them like uh, whoa god speaks god wants to speak you know it's our right 
John 10, uh, four times in that one chapter, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. Revel- Revelations 3, he says, if you hear my voice. Mm-hmm. Hebrews, if you hear his voice. It, it's all over the place. And mm-hmm. so learning, learning to hear the voice of God, learning to practice that in the details of life was uh, a watershed for mm-hmm. me. That's, yeah, that's good. Maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but I feel like the your story of what you just shared is the story of many people in, in the church. I, I can attest to that myself growing up in church. Listening for the voice of God was not something that was ever talked about or taught. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit, at least in the church tradition I grew up in, was the Holy Ghost. So it's kind of like, you know, oh, that, that guy we never deal with that's over there in the corner, you know. <laughs> um, yep. You know. You actually have a great quote in here, too, in Walking with God. He said, God work and God talk can give you the feeling that you're with God, but what you're engaged in is activity for God, and that's very different from intimacy with God. And it seems like the aspect of service and of doing things actually overwhelms this, as you say, uh, um, an idea of... No, God actually wants to relate to us. It's so good that you brought that up because um, doing things for God is beautiful, Mm -hmm. but it's very different than a life with God. Yeah. And and memorizing scripture, super important. Going to church, totally believe in it. But only if those things are cultivating and leading you to intimacy with God. Mm. And it's a pretty notorious fact, Aaron, that people in ministry, people, people whose lives are, their careers are God all day long, actually spend the least amount of time with God. Mm. It's really Mm. sad. Yeah. Well, take us, take us through, give us a, a step or two and just, you know, for, for those of us that are listening, you know, uh, learning to listen to the voice of God, you know, tell, talk to us about just a couple of, of steps towards that. Yeah. So again, you, you've got to start with, um, this is for you. This is available because, mm-hmm. um, you got, if, if you don't believe that, um, it's going to be pretty hard to practice this. So again, you know, read John chapter 10 read Jesus to the church and Revelation 3, <clears throat> read Hebrews um, first several chapters. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I mean, you'll find it in there. You yeah. know, you'll see, oh, God, God really does want to speak. Um, and then it's the good, I'm glad you said about like learning or steps because where most people get hung up is they say, well, I tried. I tried. I asked God, you know, if we should move and I didn't hear, you know, I just thought it was myself or whatever. And um, this is, this is no different than anything else you've learned in your life, learning to drive a car, learning to read, learning the sports that you love, learning a musical instrument. It's a little bumpy at first. It's something that you get used to. It's something that, that you grow in familiarity with. Um, so here's, here's how to get started. You, the, the very, very first thing is start with small questions. Don't, don't start with the big stuff. 
you know, should I quit my job? Should we move? You know, uh, um, don't start with the big stuff. And the simple reason is this, when there's a lot, uh, when there's a lot at stake, when there's a lot of pressure around it or drama, um, I can't hear. Mm-hmm. There's just too much. It's, there's too much internal noise and, you know, you're not, you're not in an open posture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just be kind to yourself. Start small. Yeah. Start, start with, um, you know, simpler questions. Um, and in fact, <clears throat> like to get really basic, I try and start with yes and no questions, you know, huh. and I, and I, and I do, um, I practice listening to answers I already know are from the scripture. So, um, Jesus, do you love me? Hmm. Um, because if you hear a voice immediately that says no, well, you know, that's not God. <laughs> like, like, so that's either your internal chatter or it's the enemy trying to mess the process up. So I'll just right. stay with it. I'll just stay with it and go, Jesus, do you love me? And, and, and it helps me dial in or I'll say, Jesus, are you with me? Are mm-hmm. you with me? And you know, from the scripture, he says, I am with you always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, start with small questions. Like I was saying, hey, you know, should we, should we, postpone that trip we were thinking about this summer you know do we invite my folks over for dinner this weekend or you know you kind of try and start with smaller questions Mm -hmm. um and and then you and then you can work your way up as you get accustomed to it the goal is that we we're trying to invite god into all of our life we all want him Mm -hmm. to be a part of everything you know and and like we were talking about schooling and kids and everybody's homeschooling that right now, but, but your kids' (laughs) educational needs are very different. And I remember at one point, one of our sons was in public school. One of our sons was in a Christian school and one of our sons was homeschooled. And it was just because we were praying and listening and asking Jesus, what does this child need? Mm. What? So it's such a rescue gang. It's such a beautiful thing. So start Mm. with small questions. Get the drama, get the drama out of the room. Mm-hmm. And then the second, the second step is really beautiful. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I love listening prayer is you practice surrender. Mm. Because if you're not open to hearing no, <laughs> you know, can I buy the motorcycle? <laughs> and, and you're not open to hearing no, you're, you're not going to hear from God. Or you're not going to trust that you did hear from him, right? right? <clears throat> and so there's a there's a beautiful beautiful thing that listening prayer does for you is it gets you into the regular practice of surrender like no mm. god i'm really open i really am i want to know your will you can say yes and you can say no because when you're open like that it's much easier to hear from god mm-hmm. it's also easier to trust that you have heard and that mm-hmm. you weren't just filling in the blanks you yeah know? Um, and then, and then the third thing I would say for folks kind of getting used to this is give it a little time, like don't force it into a seven second moment. Okay, Jesus, you know, are we supposed to leave? And, and you give it five, se- you give it five seconds, like give it a couple days, like just kind of get the conversation going. And yeah. this is what my family and I, this is what Stacey and I are doing right now. This is live time stuff. So we had a family vacation scheduled this summer, as I'm sure a bunch of folks did. And now 
we don't know, right? Yeah. Because d different states have different restrictions. Okay. And, and so we're just sitting with a question right now, Jesus, should we, should we postpone this, these plans? <clears throat> and I'm not trying, the thing is, I really want to go. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna go we live in Colorado we're gonna go to the beach okay because um, we, we love the ocean and we, we hardly ever get there and so uh, but there's a lot of states that are really shut down right now yeah um, and, and a lot of the beaches are shut down so here's the thing <laughs> I really want to go and so this is gonna take me a couple days to like let it go let it go and just yeah. ask him. So I'll just, you know, I'll just ask him in the morning, Jesus, what are you saying about this trip? Should, should we go or should we postpone? And then I'll take the pressure off hearing right away. Hmm. And, and I'll wait a couple of days. And, and so those three steps alone, hmm. that'll, that'll, that'll help folks kind of get into hearing, hearing his voice. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so good. And I want to kind of also, as we, as we move towards, you know, one, we're talking about hearing the voice of God, but then also like, how do we do this on a day in and day out basis? You know, you, you talk about how just every age has a, a certain spirit or a mood or climate to it. And ours is busyness. And I want to read just a, a quick excerpt that just, I was like, wow, this, this feels like you know, you were in my head, you know, <laughs> when, when you wrote this. And I want, want you to comment about this. Um, you're talking about um, John 10, 10, or John 10, uh, 1 through 4, about he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And you, you said this, you said, I connect with God in the morning in prayer and sometimes um, through reading of some sort, but, but then a shift occurs somewhere between prayer and having breakfast and getting boys out and getting to work myself and beginning to answer emails and tackle projects, a subtle parting occurs. I don't feel as though I'm following Jesus going ahead of me. I sort of take it for granted that I'm blazing the trail. Until this morning, I would never have put it into those words, but this passage makes me realize that I don't see our relationship as God going on ahead of me. But oh, I want to. Oh, how I want to. My heart is engaged. This is no intellectual exercise, but a living and immediate conversation with God. And that comment about that for us, if you would, John, just, you know, how, how do you go about this in, and you also kind of talk about it in your, your new book, but how do you go about this, you know, on a daily basis, you know, hour by hour, minute by minute of, you know, yeah. hearing God's voice? Yeah. The very simple answer is you check back in. Mm. Um, because my, my former life, I, I love God and I check in in the morning and then I just go and I get a bunch of stuff done and, you know, and then I come back in the evening and sort of check back in again. <laughs> um, and, and I, I, I needed him more than that. And yeah. what I realized was my, my pace of life and the power of the world to distract us, like, Mm. The, the age of the smartphone is the age of distraction in mm. our attention really is very fragmented now. Yeah. Um, and most of us don't know how to give anything our attention for very long. Uh, and so for me, honestly, again, we're kind of talking about simple steps for me. One of the first things was just stop multitasking. 
because, you know, I would be on the phone with someone, but I'd also be banging out email mm-hmm. or I'd be in a, I'd be in a meeting, but I'd also be checking my texts mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> and I, I'd be on an email, but then I'd look on, I'd look on my weather report or, I, you know, it's this, <laughs> it's this fragmented attention, right? <laughs> and, and so here's another way to think about it, gang. Right now in the world, the war is for our attention. Hmm. Everything is fighting for your attention. And, and it's, it's really made us very fragmented in our attention, easily distracted. We are very easily distracted. And so um, the idea of following Christ, letting him lead, checking in with him, it was just a way for me to fight that. And so honestly, I have to get up. Here's what I do. I get up from my desk and I walk away. I leave the phone and the computer and I, I either just go into the kitchen and get a drink of water or if I'm at work, I walk outside the building and I take a lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and it cracks the staff up because, you know, I'll just walk out of the building. I'll just take laps. And, you know, I'm, I'm, this isn't an hour. This is five minutes. Right? Right. I'm just walking, I'm walking around the building. Anybody can do this. But in that lap, in that moment, I'm checking back in. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going I'm to leave all, this, the, all of the distraction. And I'm going to take a lap. And, and in that lap, I'm able to find God again and go, okay, you have my attention again. Mm. It's the fight for our attention and learning to give God our attention. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, let's be kind. It, it takes place in very short segments at first, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just being able to sit with God. Uh, I'll give you another rescue. And we're kind of going back and forth between things and walking with God and things yeah. in a new book yeah. uh, called Get Your Life Back. But here's another really simple one, folks, that, that'll just be such a help to you is don't check your phone first thing in the morning. Mm. That, that's what everybody does. <laughs> that's what I did. I checked yeah. my phone first thing in the morning, right? You get up, you check your phone. But as soon as you do that, you're in the matrix, like you're gone. Like, you know, cause there's the emergency email. There's the panic text, you yes. know, here's your mom, here's work, you know, uh, here's your kids. There's you know, somebody's and you're gone. Mm-hmm. And, and now, now with the pandemic, of course, you're checking your phone and you're checking your news, right? You're checking yeah. the news and then you're, and then you're really gone. Yeah. Uh, and so don't check your phone first thing. Yeah. You, you, you are Lord of your attention. You're, you are master of your attention. You're saying, I'm not going to give my attention to that right now. I'm going to give my attention to God. Yeah. 15 minutes, right? Yeah. You make a cup of coffee and you sit down and just, just give God your attention. Read a mm-hmm. scripture, say some prayers, you know. But, but see, what you're doing is you are pulling yourself out of the white water of the world. Just the, the total chaos of the world and it's a very simple simple thing to do don't check your phone and but over time it 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 begins to heal your ability to hear god Mm. it he it really does it's very healing and it heals Mm -hmm. your ability to give him your attention Mm -hmm. you have this this quote i love this in uh walking with god you said life will present us with hundreds of opportunities in a single week to take a look at our internal world, to walk with God there, to become more fully his. 
don't let your internal life go unshepherded. That's exactly what you're talking about there is like caring for your life with God and your internal life with God. So good. Yes. So good. So talk to us maybe a little bit more just about let's transition. I know we've been talking about walking with God, but your new book, get your life back. I mean, this was, um, I picked this up, uh, about the time that I got laid off earlier this spring. And, um, um, I was going a hundred miles an hour, you know, pick up the phone first thing in the morning, just what you just described. And it's like, yep. And then layoff came and it was like, I was going from a hundred miles an hour down to zero. And it literally, it felt like a car wreck because, um, I was used to this frantic frenetic pace that was just honestly was unsustainable, but I was doing my best to keep up with. And so yeah. you, the subtitle is, is everyday practices for a world gone mad. I mean, you had me hooked from the first page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but talk to us a little bit more just about the backstory of this and, you know, um, start us out with just, you know, introducing us to, to some of these concepts that you have for us. Yeah. Uh, and in the life you were just describing, you know, um, going a million miles an hour and everything yeah. work was asking for you, that that was the normal life prior to the pandemic. If you were a mom, the complexity nowadays of you got to get this kid to soccer and this kid to music and you got to make sure they got their assignments for tomorrow and whoops, there's a meeting you forgot. And, you know, the, the, the modern mom is running just like that just a jillion miles an hour, yeah. 17 things barking for her attention. You know, anybody, it just that. So, so the idea is that the pace of life and the complexity and the amount of time we spend on our phones, the amount of technology, the amount of media that we have been consuming, what we consider to be a normal life yeah. is absolute madness. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really fries the soul. Mm. And, and I'm just talking about like people get in their car and they're on their commute and boom, immediately they're catching up on podcasts and they're getting the news. And one of the real proofs of this is nobody knows what to do with downtime anymore. Uh-huh. Like if you're waiting in line, you know, now like some of the stores and stuff, they only let so many people in. Right. So, yeah. you know, we're all waiting, we're all waiting in lines and notice that people don't know what to do with that. They immediately pull their phone out. Like we, we literally don't know what to do with five minutes of free time. Yeah. Uh, so we, we just plug back in. And what had happened to me was I was simply living that life like everybody else. And, and it was, it was beginning to really wear me out mm. and, and uh, really fragment my attention. It was really drying out my life with God, really drying out my soul. Mm. And, and I didn't like it. And I, I'm like, Jesus, you got to show me a way out. This, this insanity mm. can't be what you have for us. It just can't. Like mm. you, you, you are such a kind and loving God. You've got a better way. And he began to show me some very, very simple things. You know, just really simple stuff that we've been talking about. Like, mm-hmm. John, you never pause. Mm. You, never, you never stop during your day. You just get up and go. Mm-hmm. And and you know when you're at the DMV and you're waiting, you pull your phone out. You right. you just you just always in, always on, always always caught up in the world. And yeah. And so 
the very first thing he started in his chapter one in the book, he just began to teach me to pause. Uh-huh. Uh, I, call, I call it the one minute pause, 60 seconds. And I would use it when I pull in the driveway at the end of the day, just turn my engine off, but I wouldn't get out of my truck. I'd sit there, just sit there. And, and as I sat there, it was, like, it was almost like I was letting my soul catch back up with me or dial back into myself and, yeah. and find God, find God again. I began to love it so much. I started doing the pause as a practice in my day, instead of going from one phone call to the next, just pause yeah. between the, you know, one email to the next, just pause. And it's, it's, it's recovering a pace of life that allows your soul some breathing room. Yeah. You know, and it was the get up, walk outside the building and just take a lap. Yeah. And, and so learning to pause, learning some of the other practices, um, the whole idea behind the book was there is a madness to what we think is a normal human life right now. Mm. And it's, it's really wearing us out. Mm-hmm. And now if you throw the pandemic on top of it, it's even, mm-hmm. it's actually even worse. I know people think, Oh no, we're, we're, we're chilling, you know, we're, we're home now, but, People are consuming way too much news. Mm. Everybody's, everybody's taking in way too much news. And there's all kinds of research to show that that's super bad for you. Mm. Um, negative messages are 20 times more powerful than positive messages. Oh, wow. So all, the, all these messages of fear and death and uncertainty like that. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus says things like, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. And, and, but under this pandemic, we are all really getting spun up and uncertain and anxious and fried. And, and so learning to care for your soul, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like, we could go all the way back to the beginning of the conversation, Aaron, neither (laughs) you or I were told in our church, in our church beginnings, we were not told that you could hear the voice of God. Well, neither were we told that your soul is something you need to take care of mm-hmm. and, and you actually, you actually nourish it and care for it. And as you do that, as you care for your soul, you actually have a richer life in God mm. and, and you, you find that it's easier to forgive people and it's easier mm. to enjoy, enjoy things. And, and you start recognizing the madness and, and so, learning to care for your soul, particularly right now in this, in this world that's just so filled with fear and uncertainty and, and, um, and, and frankly, some hostility. You know, there's, you're going to start seeing a lot of hostility around this because mm-hmm. fried human beings don't act very well. talking about here you're really pointing to i think you say this in the book you said life is built on the dailies and talking about our daily process our daily walk with the lord and it seems like you know so much of so much of so many of us in the church maybe have come to believe that 
like we we wait for these quote deeper experiences with god like mm-hmm. it has to be big and dramatic and i've got to fall down or you know like you know fill in the blank with all these these things that come to mind we have to have this amazing worship service or you know the the atmosphere in the room was just so perfect or you know like those kind of things and and honestly all that does it makes it feel like well we didn't get that this week so god must be inaccessible and but what you're pointing to is life with god is really built on the daily times and daily practices yeah just like friendship just like marriage mm. just just like anything else in life yeah. um and, and, and so to use that example of the amazing and take it back to hearing from God, I'll tell you, like, simply hearing God say your name, mm. just having him say Eric, mm. John, is wonderful. Having mm. him say something as simple as I love you mm-hmm. is wonderful. It doesn't need to be fireworks. It doesn't. Now, sometimes those come by the way, and I'm not, those are also in scripture and those are part of the life. And God does say, God says amazing things. And, yeah. and he, um, but, but what we're talking about is your pace of life, the amount yeah. of media you consume. There are some choices we can make that really are within our grasp mm-hmm. um, that allow us to care for our souls. And as we, as we learn to care for our souls, what happens is a daily life with Jesus opens up to us and you can hear his voice and you can receive his grace and Mm -hmm. so many other things come. Uh, And and that was kind of the epiphany for me because I, you know, we were talking about getting spun up in the world and the pace of life and how all Mm -hmm. this really fries you. You know, people spend five to 10 hours a day on their phone. They they Mm -hmm. consume three hours a day of apps. It's, it's madness. Hmm. I just thought that was normal. That was how I was living. Yeah. Um, and what I came to, but the, I, I was looking for God and not finding him as deep as I wanted. And what I came to realize, Aaron, was that your soul is, is the means by which you experience God. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 23, he restores my soul. Mm. That, that, um, if we will care for our souls, if we will be less spun up, less anxious, less fearful, less plugged in mm-hmm. to the news, the media, the chaos, the drama, what you're doing is, is it's like it's healing the other end of the phone connection. Mm. As, you, as you heal your heart and soul in, in the grace that God is giving, then you are able to receive mm-hmm. the more of God that you've always been wanting. Mm-hmm. So there, you can't just ask, like, God, I need you, or God, speak to me, or God, you know, come through. You, you've, got to, you've got to be in a place where you can receive it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I, I fail to remember where uh, you said something effective. It takes more of you to find more of God. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, that's that fragmented attention thing. Okay. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like if you if you if you're giving God ten percent of your attention, you know, it, then you're going to get ten percent results, right? So <laughs> I, it's just amazing how naturally we're already making a list in our head. We're doing our groceries. We're thinking about the stuff that have to get done today. Really, 
like this, we are, we are so fragmented now. Yeah. Um, but then we're frustrated because we're like, my prayers don't seem to be working or I can't, I can't hear from God or I'm not enjoying <laughs> my kids right now. Or, um, and, and so, yeah. Get your life back. It's a series of very simple practices like learning to pause, learning to let things go. Mm. Uh, the power of beauty in mm. our lives, the healing power of beauty every day. And particularly in this time, I'm just, I'm just going to give some really basic advice here. Yeah. Um, folks, uh, get out of the news. Get out of the news. Like five minutes a day. You, you need to know what the governor said. You need to know what your state's doing or your county. You need to know some basics. But you do not need to know the death count in Italy. <laughs> you really actually don't need to know that. And, and so get in, get your basics and get out. And don't get back on the news. And, and then instead of binge watching three hours of Netflix, take a walk, take a walk, like let beauty, the beauty of creation, let that heal your soul, play mm -hmm. beautiful music in your house, play worship music, but mm -hmm. um, don't look at your phone first thing in the morning. Uh, these very simple steps like this are so healing for your soul in an hour like ours, you'll actually find yourself less angry. Mm -hmm. less anxious, um, speculating about the future. You, you'll just, you get out of that mess. Mm -hmm. And then you, you begin to find the deep well of God that, that is meant to be everybody's experience. Mm -hmm. So you have, you, have, um, you have this really great story in the book. Maybe you'd be willing to share just a little bit about it, but about really kind of this idea of belief as a choice. And you talk about this old lamp that you bought that would go inexplicably on and off. Um, would you be willing to share just a little bit about that and kind of illustrate the point for us? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it has to do with the roller coaster of faith. You know, um, most people would say something like this. Sometimes God seems near, but sometimes he doesn't. And, and sometimes I really feel his love, but sometimes I don't. And it, it really seems unpredictable. I can't quite figure out why. Like I wake up and some days are really good. And then other days, like, I don't know, I'm really foggy and it's not. And um, what I was realizing through this dumb lamp that we had was everybody's had, a, everybody's had a, you know, a, an old appliance that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And you can't figure out why. You, you jiggle the cord and it comes back on, you know. Um, and I, real, I realized that for us, that the, the loose cord is belief in us. The broken switch is belief in us. We really think that belief is fundamentally grounded in experience. And mm. so if we're experiencing God, we go, oh, I believe. And as soon as he seems far away, we go, oh, I'm not really sure. You know, and, and what I was trying to write about in that chapter was that you can get off that roller coaster if you will recognize that belief is actually primary, primarily an act of the will hmm. that you choose to believe. You know, and, and you, you read these stories in scripture and, and you go, how could these people, Thomas is meeting the resurrected Christ. He's standing there for heaven's sake <laughs> and he's doubting. All he's right. like, yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> you're like oh man 
but we are all Thomas. We are all Thomas. And, <laughs> and uh, in what Jesus says to Thomas, he says, stop doubting, believe. It's a command. It's, it, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't process Thomas's unbelief with them. He acts like it is a choice Thomas can make right there in that moment. He says, Thomas, I want you to make a choice right here, right now. Believe me. And if you do that, if you'll just begin to say, nope, I don't care what my emotions are doing today. I don't care what the news is. I don't care what the facts say. I believe you. I believe you, God. Mm-hmm. If you will do that, the wonderful thing is pretty quickly you'll experience him. I mean, he's right there. He never leaves. He says, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Uh, but we don't experience a lot of him because we've got this wiggly switch in us and it just keeps throwing belief <laughs> on and off, on and off, on and off, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially in the emotional roller coaster of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Good news, bad news, hopeful news, yeah. bad news. You know, you get out of that and, and you say, no, I choose to believe you, God. I choose to believe. I choose to believe you're good. And you might even find it helpful. I, I've been reciting the creeds to myself or reciting them out loud. Like, mm. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of mm. all things visible and invisible. I believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, mm-hmm. like just yeah, reminding yourself, you believe God. Yeah. You have this... Um... You have this uh, section in the book where you actually keyed in on this. There's this common phrase that we often hear people say. They say, God never gives anyone more than they can handle. And you really, you kind of just broke that down. I mean, you, 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 in this supernatural life that we're, you know, meant to draw from supernatural resources, like, talk to us about that and, and, what the lie is in that, what you see, and, and what's really the truth that God wants to, to give us. Well, it's a lovely thought. And, and wouldn't we, wouldn't it, you know, it would be wonderful if it was true. God only <laughs> ever expected of you something you could currently handle. Uh, but then you would never grow as a, as a human being. If people were always kind to you, yeah. you, would never, you would never learn to be forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I, that that's just not the way this works, folks. Yeah. Uh, and so this pandemic, um, I just want to come back and name this because when we when we say this out loud, this is very helpful for people to know. This is stressful. This mm-hmm. is hard. Mm-hmm. Human beings are not meant to be isolated. Human beings are not meant to be bombarded with mm-hmm. fear messages by their own government human beings where it's just not we're not meant for this isn't the world god intended us to live in human beings were not meant to live with constant uncertainty Mm. about the future about their own future okay so this is very 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 hard on human beings and this life right now requires a greater measure of the help of god in us Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm. So we are meant to learn to draw upon the presence of God in us, not just with us, but in us. Ephesians Mm. 3, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Well, that passage begins with Paul praying that the Father would strengthen us 
out of his glorious riches mm. by his spirit in our inmost being. Mm. See, we need God to strengthen us in this hour. We, we are in a situation that frankly is beyond human resources. And, and therefore, we are forced to, we'll either dry up, we'll get angry, we'll get depressed, you know, we'll start our addictions, or we, we will begin to tap into, no, God, you really are here, and you really are inside of me. And, and I, I pray every day, I begin the prayer with Jesus in me, mm. live this day. Jesus in in me, because <clears throat> I want to tap into the provision of God for this very, very hard hour on the earth. Mm. John, I want to be respectful of your time here, but um, just as we kind of wind down, um, you know, what challenge, um, we've talked a lot about a lot today, but um, what challenge would you give our dads in the trenches? Well, I... <clears throat> I would say, um, I need your love. I need your love. Mm. Uh, all of us are dads, but we're all still sons. Mm. And, and we have a father, and we need him. And, and you can't give out of uh, a really dry well. You, mm. You've got to have his love. You, so I just say, Father, I need your love. I need your love. Father me. Be my father so that I can be a father. Mm -hmm. That is great. Tell our, our listeners, too, um, how, how can they connect with you more with what Ransom Heart's doing? Um, tell them about the app, all that, all that. Yeah, if you could do one thing, folks, that'll, that'll just be so great. It's free. Uh, we have an app called the One Minute Pause. You can get it for iPhone and Android. It's on your app store, the one minute pause. Mm -hmm. I, would I would download that and I would begin to use it because that simple daily practice of pausing and it's a guided experience. So there's beautiful music and there's nature photography and then there's me guiding you in prayer. Like that one <laughs> choice, that, well, you can do that one thing, will we'll bring so much other goodness into your life like that i would say that's it yeah um yeah we have a podcast wherever you get your podcasts you could look up john eldridge and, um but get the pause app because that will yeah. really really change your pandemic experience yeah i downloaded that several weeks back and um even the kids and i will will use it in the evenings together and they love it um but what's funny is, you know, I've said it for one, one notification in the morning and one in the afternoon. And it's like when that notification pops up and I'm in the middle of something, I'm like, I find myself getting annoyed. And it's like, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> it's like, yep. I mean, all the things we've just been talking about, you know, of just the busyness of the day and the pace. Mm -hmm. and like we, mm -hmm. we really mm -hmm. want to go hard we really want to be busy we want to be productive and it's like and and then you know it's like the spirit like subtly whispers like yeah but you know you need this and so just listeners i, I highly recommend you all if you haven't already go find the app and download it it'll it'll definitely yep. do your soul some good uh, throughout the day yep. for sure
So as we just close down, um, John, would you just take a minute and, and pray for us? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So Jesus, I need you. I need, I need so much more of you in this hour, in the pandemic, in the quarantine, in the uncertainty of the future. I need you, God. I need you. I pray that you would restore my soul. Psalm 23, restore my soul. Heal my union with you. Heal my life in you. Jesus, come into my pandemic experience and bring me the healing presence of your love. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. John, thank you again so much for your time. It has been a pleasure. You're Take welcome, care. Aaron. Yeah, great <laughs> to talk to you. Yes, okay. God bless. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.